Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Yesterday we talked about how God takes some pretty ugly stuff. And there's fires here and jail and everything we wouldn't want to happen to us. Shackles, razor wire. And he can make it beautiful. And he can do some real awesome stuff. When we did this at Winter Meltdown, I had a chance afterwards to go and kind of read some of the stuff people wrote. And it like moved me to tears. Because I hate that for you. I hate that we're going through all of this junk, and I wish I could take it from you. I do, <laughs> but so did Jesus, but he actually could make good on it, and he does, he takes that and walks through stuff with us, and the cool thing about what we read yesterday, it, it continues. I'm just going to do by way of review, and I don't believe this is up there tonight, but just to read what we read yesterday, <clears throat> to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's what he does in us first. He does something new to us that makes us new and starts making us like we never were before. And then it says, and then this is where we pick up today, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Jesus already knew who he was and what he was here to do. He had it right on his little GPS, right? He knew what he was here to do. But now he's telling us who we are and what we're here to do. And he says that I'm going to call them oaks of righteousness. They're going to be planted where they can't be shaken by life storms. A planting of the Lord. And this isn't the first time that God has planted humanity, that he's gotten his hands dirty. When you plant something, you uh, get your hands dirty, right? You, you, you dig a hole, you stick the plant in, you put a bunch of topsoil around it, some fertilizer, you water it. You, get, you, you, you try to make sure there's not a bunch of air around the roots, but you want a little bit of air around it. You get it just perfect. Get a little mound build up, just a tad right around there, but not submerging the trunk of the bush or tree. You know, you want to get it just right. And your hands are dirty when you're done. And this is how God started with creation. He, he spoke everything into existence. And then when it came to us, he got his hands dirty. It became personal. And he got down and he took dirt and he actually made mankind. And you can look around at humanity and there is not one shade of skin tone that isn't also had its counterpart in some sort of soil here on the earth. Some of you guys look like some white sandy beaches, and maybe that's changing. That's why you're sunburnt. Um, and, and, and whether you look like rich topsoil or Virginia clay or whatever, it's like, God, it's all back to there. And scientists recently, recently in the past 15 years, believed that they, that they had come up with something. They were like, hey... They were trying to figure out why people decompose, like, completely. Why eventually, given enough time, a human body will decompose and, and straight up become dirt. And they found out why, that every chemical makeup within our body is also found in the soil. And they're like, oh, we're so smart scientists. I'm like, that's in Genesis. You know, God made us that way, and it's a beautiful thing. And here he says, when you come to me and I make your beauty, these ashes turn into beauty, it's like I plant you somewhere specific. It's like, yes, you were created by you, and now I'm going to make you uh, a planting of the Lord, an oak of righteousness that can withstand this stuff you go through because I'm going to be with you too. And that's who we are, but why we are is yet to be revealed. We're a planting of the Lord. Why? For the display of his splendor, and that's what we're talking about tonight. 
the display of his splendor. We were created to reveal who God was to other people. Then he says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated and renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, this was a prophecy about the ancient Israelites and some things they would do, but it also applies to us because Jesus took it and made it his own as well. About his followers, that those who come to him, he's going to use us to do some really cool things. He's going to call us to rebuild and renew, to restore things, to find broken people and show them how to be made whole too. And that he has something for us. He didn't want to just save you and then you go home and you're like, oh, I've got my ticket punched for heaven and I can now go to heaven. And No, no, there's so much more than that. So much more than that. He's got an abundant, full life for you here on earth way before your body wears out. He wants you to touch other people's lives. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says when we are his ambassadors, like we represent him, it's as if God his, himself were making his appeal through us. So when we smile at somebody, when we say a kind word to somebody, when we bring somebody along who doesn't have very many friends or we're just, we're just a listening ear for somebody, that's God doing that. And that person may be wondering where God is at in that moment and, and crying out to him and you show up. And we get to decide with our free will whether we're going to play a part in the redemption that God is trying to do in somebody else's life or whether we're going to keep it to ourselves. And so we go back home. It's not, if, you, if you've just been changed or you have been reminded, maybe you give your life to Christ at RVR before or you have uh, done that before you came here and you've sitting with your grandma at church at an event, whatever that was, by yourself on a mountainside, it doesn't matter. God is reminding us that he's got stuff for us to do. We're not just planted there so people can be like, ah, that guy must be following God. That's one of God's girls, you know. It's so that we can be involved in the restoration of mankind and seeing people come back to him in the first place. God wants some pretty cool stuff with us. He wants to comfort us. Yesterday we talked about the crown and the clothing and everything and the oil. He wants to he wants to comfort us. He wants to clothe us. He wants to make us rooted. And then he calls us to help with the reconstruction project of seeing the world back like it should have been in the first place, of people coming back to God and seeing who God is. Now, I, since we're talking about display of splendor, I, I racked my brain. I really did. I was like, we need something. Now, I, I didn't even know when I was preparing the message originally that they would have this really cool picture because this is cool all in and of itself, but I wanted a picture that has to do with creation that shows the display of God's splendor, like the, the, the crescendo of all of the things that he made, like something really cool, and it struck me, you know, like maybe it's a, it's a bald eagle like flying over a mountain or something, it might be something like that, or maybe it's just this really awesome big Grand Canyon, maybe one called the Grand Canyon even. You know, I mean, like, it could be something really spectacular. It could be a flower that only opens up every so often, or, or it could be, um, like, a really cool creature that God's made, like a platypus, because that's awesome. You know, I mean, it could, be, it could be anything, really. It could be mountains and glaciers. It could be the beach, pristine sands, and just looking out over a sunset or a sunrise. It could be something like that, but I really think that the, the two pictures that I came up with, I've got some framed art with me 
that I want to show you that I think probably is the best, the best display of God's splendor. And uh, I couldn't find anything better. So these, this is it. I really do believe this honestly, that when you'll see what I've got with me, you'll be like, yeah, that is tops. That is tops. So what's your name right here? Sit you on the front row. Robbie, come here a second. You're going to help me. I'm just, I just need a couple of people to hold that up and maybe a girl. Okay, what's your name? Morgan, come here. All right, so Morgan, I want you to stand right here, and Robbie, you're going to stand right here uh, up on the stage. Don't fall off or anything, so they can see. And I'm going to hand you this art, and I just want you simply to hold it up just right over your face, you know, and so that they can see it, and we can all kind of take it in. So just scoop back just a little bit there. Don't fall off the stage or anything. Hold that up. No, like, like, so they can see the art. Okay, there you go. This, uh, 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 he didn't get it yet. You're it, dude. Robbie, and what's your name again? Morgan. Morgan. Robbie and Morgan. And it could have been, it could have been, this is how like foreign this is to us, that they didn't even know. They're like, it must be something else. What are we looking at back here? Those cool LEDs. No, like, you're it. And I could have just called on anybody. I didn't look around for like, oh, these are the best looking people I've ever seen or anything. Or like, I wasn't doing that. And I, I just wanted to grab a couple people at random because this could be you. You could be Robbie or Morgan and standing right here. This is the highest crescendo of everything God painted, of everything he sculpted with his hands. It's right here in front of us. And we forget that. We forget that what you're looking at right now, according to the Bible, is the image of God. And you know how people sometimes look like their, their parents because of, you know, DNA and stuff? They look a little bit like their dad. And I don't know their biological dad, but the one who created them, this is, this is a little bit what God looks like. And it's not, just, it's not just men, it's men and women he created in his image. In his image, he created them. That's what it says. This is what it looks like. And when we forget that, when we forget that we are supposed to be a picture of God to the nations, to everybody, something gets lost in the translation. Because we forget who we're supposed to be. Now, usually if people don't see God in us, it's not to do with the way we look. It has more to do with the way we act. Because God is always loving. He's always kind. And we kind of fall short of that. But he was proud of Robbie. He was proud of Morgan. He was proud of you. This is the kind of stuff that God likes to put on his refrigerator if you needed refrigerators in heaven. And you don't. But if you had one, you'd be on it. He'd want to hang up your accomplishments. He'd want to hang up um, just, just little things of you because he, he knows he has the blueprints to who you are. Now, here's some blueprints. Let me just throw some blueprints up there real quick. All right? Blueprints to a house. The creator knows who, who came up with those, the architect. He knows what it's for. He knows what every little thing is. And I hope your arms aren't getting tired because you're doing great and you look awesome. Um, you good still? Yeah, you got this. All right? I got some more blueprints. This is uh, the Batmobile. Okay, so the... The guy who created this, for the ni- this is for the 1989 movie and everything. They, they had to come up with each thing because they knew nerds would ask, well, what does that do? And they'd be like, I don't know. It, there's nothing inside. But no, they had to figure it out. And this is even better than the Batmobile, the Millennium Falcon, of course. And they had to figure out because people would want to know when they went down that hallway, where does that lead to and all this stuff. And they had to, had to figure that out. And when God designed you, 
He had a purpose for your life. Not just like, okay, we're going to make Robbie look like this. He's going to have this color hair and everything. No, 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 no. He has a, he has a purpose for your life too. That he, the, the Bible says that you are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. He had blueprints for your life. Blueprints for who you were and blueprints for your life. Just stuff that he wanted you to do. And the other day I said, what if there were packages up here of God's grace and you chose not to take it and and it just remained unseen? But what about people who have taken that package of God's grace and he led you into another room and there were more packages? And you found out later they were all for you, but somehow you missed some of them. All of those good works he plans for Robbie and for Morgan and for you to do and for me to do, sometimes we're going to miss out on that in partnering with God to show other people love. Because he's got some awesome... No, we saw the Millennium Falcon up there. But go back to the house, because that's distracting. I'll, get, I'll start thinking about Star Wars. He's got things that he's already outlined for you to do, that he wants you to partner with, so that you can see that. And I want this ingrained into your mind right now, because this, and imagine yourself there for just a second. You are beautiful. You are perfect the way you are, and the only thing holding you back from relationship with God is sin. Nothing to do with any shortcomings that you see. When I was your age, I hated the fact that I had a gap in my teeth. Hated it. Would even take white gum sometimes and press it there when I was talking to people, which just made me look like I had a skinny tooth that I brushed more than the others. Now I don't care. I just don't have to floss. You know, it just goes right out. But at the time, I... She's looking for it. It's right there. You can drive a train through it. Anyways... But I had a problem with it, but it's part of who I am. It's part of who God's made me to be, and I don't have a problem with it anymore. That doesn't mean if you got braces that you had a problem with who God made you to be. It doesn't matter. He made our teeth to be able to move when you put braces on them. It's okay. He's okay with that. But the thing is that he loves you exactly how you are, and he knows who you can be at your best. And that's why he gave Jesus to die on the cross for you so that you could have a friendship with him so that he could take this picture right here. We're just going to pretend her face is still in it, all right? And hang it in his art gallery and say, okay, finally this is mine. I put in the highest bid. The highest bid was my son. No one can outbid me. And now forever Morgan will be mine. I'm going to take this and I'm going to place it right there in my art gallery. And this is, this is you right here and forever you will be mine. Because I put in that highest bid. And some of us, God puts in that highest bid and all of a sudden we're like, never mind, this is actually not uh, up for auction anymore. We're going to hang on to this. And he's like, I I put in the highest bid. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's not for auction anymore. And we, we kind of ignore that God has already done that to gain us back. And that is a shame. And I hope that's not where you are. And I know we did a, kind of an invitation, kind of cool invitation thing last night where you could deal with God and have a conversation with God. And you guys can have a seat real quick. I don't want to hold you up here forever. Um, but that doesn't mean just because you didn't make a decision for Jesus and to follow Jesus last night that your time is up and that it's over. If God is calling you, then today is the day of salvation for you. It's a day to respond to that. And so I would ask that you don't... <laughs> You don't worry about us sending you somewhere or we bowing our heads and closing our eyes or doing something specific so that we can manufacture some move of the Spirit because that's not what it's about. But if God is saying, you know, that's, that's you. I want you. And you get that tonight. And you see, hey, He loves me. He loves me this much. 
then grab one of your counselors and say, you know, I, I should have made this decision yesterday, but God's talking to me today. Can you help me know who Jesus is? Can you help me start that friendship with him? My prayer for you is that you wouldn't leave this week without getting that and at least without understanding who you are and who God sees you as. Because the world tells you other things about yourself and yourself sometimes tells you other things about yourself. All lies. All lies. You're in the image of God. He loves you. He designed you. And he probably takes great offense to hearing otherwise. <laughs> when we run ourselves down and talk about how terrible we are and how we just aren't, aren't good enough and we, we, we don't like this about ourselves and we don't like that about ourselves. If I was standing in an art gallery making those type of comments and I had a friend with me and the friend knew the artist was behind me, he'd probably start elbowing me a little like, the, the artist. And then I'd be like, well, no, I can see what he did there. Yeah, you know, you would try to make up for it and everything because you don't want to be running down the artist's painting with the artist standing there. Sure, I can make fun of it, maybe even tweet about it or something, but not when he's standing there because I don't want to offend the guy, right? Well, God, God hears us. He knows what we think about ourselves, and he's like, it's so not true. It's so not true. If you could only see how much I love you, you would realize. <laughs> You'd probably just run into my arms if you could just get it for a second. And this is a guy talking who was a bully in middle school and a bully throughout the beginning of high school. I would pick out little things about people and make fun of them. And I've been with Jesus so long now that I no longer even see that when I look at people. I see what we just did up here. I see uniqueness, diversity, and artistry that is you. Because walking with Jesus, you can't see anything less. You start to see people the way that God sees people that, man, you were worth Jesus' life in God's eyes. You were worth his son's life. In Jesus' eyes, because he was a willing participant, you were worth his life. You're pretty valuable. He cares about you a lot. And I hope that if you haven't found him, that you do. Let me pray for you. You guys have been awesome this week. God, I thank you so much for each and every guy and girl here, Lord. We're standing in an art gallery, Lord. Some beautiful people. And you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Because you're the designer, you're the artist. It's been an honor to stand here and admire your work and see what you've done and see the, the neatness of the coolness of the personalities of each individual student. God, what, a, what an artist you are. I pray that each one of your masterpieces would stop hanging in the gallery of lies the gallery of self and will be returned to its rightful owner on display, the display of your splendor, oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. God, I thank you so much for these students and their attentiveness this week. For those who have come to you and been redeemed and been forgiven, God, we give you praise because you are the one who does that, you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.